Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode. I hope you are doing amazing, feeling amazing, and excited for our episode today. I am really excited to be interviewing my friend, Brian, for today's episode. We are talking about energy, something that I know impacts all of us. We all, as myself included, probably go through these ebbs and flows with energy, and I definitely notice it based on my cycle. During that first half of my cycle, I literally feel like Wonder Woman. I have more energy to do things, to work out, to rock it in the gym, and I could have just like longer work days and not feel impacted by it. And then as I start to head into that second half of my cycle, after ovulation, my energy starts to take a bit of a dip. I'm a little bit more tired. And so we're not necessarily talking about our cycles today in terms of energy. We're just talking about energy overall and how it impacts our hormones and how we can implement really inexpensive things that we can literally start doing immediately to reverse the cycle of burnout and fatigue in our lives. I know so many of us are just go, 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 go. And with everything that's been happening in the past year with COVID, I know so many of us are impacted in so many different ways when it comes to our health and our lives. So many women and mothers and men and husbands are, you know, at home homeschooling their kids and trying to navigate this new terrain and and working from home and also having your kids at home and we don't have kids. So I don't understand what that's like, but I am sending my love out to all of the moms and the dads that are dealing with that and going through that. And then there's lockdowns and then there's no more lockdowns and then they reopen things for a few weeks and close things down. I mean, the energy of that alone, just the like mental and emotional energy that the toll that that takes on us, it's a lot. So I'm sure many of us have gone through the ebbs and flows of burnout and fatigue in this past year, myself included. You know, it's such an interesting thing working from home, but also not really being able to go anywhere because so many things are locked down and closed and whatnot. And so there's at least for me personally, there's this feeling of working more because I'm at home and my computer and my office is obviously so easily accessible. It's like, well, I got nowhere to go today and don't really have things to do or errands to run, nor do I want to really go out because like, I'll be quite honest, I don't want to go out and like go run errands, wearing a mask or waiting in line. I'm just, that's just not what I want to experience. And so I end up staying home way more frequently. And then it just causes me to be like, okay, I guess, I guess I'll work some more. And that's led to not a really great cycle that I'm proud of and one that I am super conscious of and just taking more downtime and slowing down and really having those boundaries around my work schedule so that I can cultivate a really healthy practice to manage my energy and manage my burnout and overall my hormones, of course. So I'm really excited for our conversation today with Brian. We're talking all things energy and even the things that you're doing that are draining your energy that you may not think are actually draining your energy. Um, We get into Brian's story and how he got into the health and wellness space. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So Brian Hardy, my guest today, is a certified nutritional practitioner and holistic lifestyle coach who has been deeply immersed in all things holistic wellness and personal growth since 2010, when he nearly died from a misdiagnosed ruptured appendix and was set onto the path of recovery and inner discovery. Losing his health at the age of 18 taught him how important it was to invest in our wellness and showed him how backwards our world is when it comes to healthcare and our knowledge around food, nutrition, medicine, etc. He currently resides in Muskoka, Ontario with his partner, Katya. 
Together, they run an online practice helping stressed out professional men beat burnout and the mental emotional challenges that keep them stuck, exhausted, and unable to perform at their best so they can feel clear, strong, and full of energy again. They use a uniquely holistic process that dissolves the mental, emotional, and spiritual blocks, as well as addresses the physical and nutritional imbalances that keep them from thriving in work and life. I really love that Brian and his partner focus a lot with men's health because I feel like it's an area that is just not well talked about. I also feel men in general are not very open when it comes to their health or when they're not feeling well. They just don't really seek out that support. So today's topic all about energy is strategies that can be implemented for both men and women. But for all the ladies that are listening, if you've been looking for someone to send your hubbies to and your partners to, then perhaps Brian is your guy. I will link up all the details in our show notes. So always head on over to our website, holisticwellness.ca to grab that so you can connect with Brian. Let's dive into our episode today. Enjoy. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you share, before we dive in, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Share with our audience. Yes, thank you. And it's a real pleasure and honor to be here and to connect. So I'm really looking forward to it. And for myself, a little bit about who I am. I am a holistic nutritionist and lifestyle coach by training. Um, I'm someone who has a, a deep passion for health in general, um, and particularly men's health. And really supporting, you know, my fellow brothers in dealing with the modern stresses that we are up against, which are many, and finding more integrative ways, more natural ways, more supportive ways to build resilience and build true health, like sustainable health, not, you know, quick fixes and cheap, you know, solutions of, of different sorts that are pushed so predominantly in the sort of health, you know, world. Yes. Um, but it's like, how do we get to the root of what's going on and work from there so that three months, six months, whatever, how long that person is empowered, that person knows what they need to do, how to take care of themselves, and hopefully will continue to do so for the rest of their lives. That's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. So I often find that we get into this industry because of our own health issues and our own personal experience. What got you into this industry in the first place? Do you have your own journey? I'm, I'm assuming you must have. I feel like there's an underlying health journey there that you can share with us. Totally, totally. And thank you for asking. It's, uh, yeah, my journey started just over 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 18 at the time. I'm now 29. And my appendix ruptured and uh, very suddenly, very unexpectedly, uh, mm-hmm. it was misdiagnosed. Um, so when I had you know, symptoms, I had symptoms leading up to this, which I thought were just like a really terrible flu. Right. Um, there I am at university studying automotive engineering technology, something very different totally. uh, than what I've moved into doing. But I was studying and I just felt really weird and sick and just like off, just really off. Um, but didn't have any insight towards, you know, even getting checked for appendicitis or something like that. Right. Um, and so I went to a hospital finally after four days of agony. Um, oh man, just some of the worst pain I had ever experienced, uh, which was, I think, when it was actually rupturing, it felt like essentially like, like what I would think lava inside <laughs> your guts would feel like. Oh my God. It was bad. It was yeah. really bad. Did you get um, like the nausea that often accompanies that? Well, I had. So the first day of this whole ordeal was all vomiting. Right. Okay. Really terrible vomiting. And then yeah. three and a half days of trying to nurse myself back to health with Powerade. Yeah. Like <laughs> clear soup, um, which did not really work. Um, yeah. But that whole time I, I I couldn't have a bowel movement, which was one very interesting and unpleasant side effect. For um, sure. And my stomach just felt weird and off and got worse and worse and worse to what put me into the emergency room was I had this acid reflux that was unlike anything I'd ever knew was possible. Um, anytime I would lie down to try and sleep, it would be so intense that I would have to sit up. So I finally called the taxi, went to the hospital, but um, I was promptly quite promptly misdiagnosed by the doctor that I saw. So they did a few uh, physical exams and they poked me in the belly a few times and they did an X-ray, which looking back 
it made no sense. Um, but it was like the middle of the night. He was an old guy, you know, probably not the sharpest time to be working with someone. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, they, they gave me a lot of painkillers and two shots of morphine and then told me I had the flu. Huh. And <laughs> so I was just in shock. I'm like, is that possible? Like something's clearly wrong. So I called my mom. She picked me up, went to another hospital. And that's where they did a CT scan and said, you are a mess. We have to do surgery right now. Right now, for sure. Um, and, uh, and that was the beginning. That was the beginning because the recovery process from that, which was very, um, you know, not standard when you think about having your appendix out. Most people right. have a very relatively quick and easy surgery and a very small amount of scarring. Um, and, you know, they're back to normal life within a week or two. Right. Um, but because it had ruptured and been become very infected, uh, my, my, my scars were, you know, very large and infected. And so that, you know, uh, started a journey of about four years uh, to where I could digest food properly again. Wow. Because my gut had been so wiped clean from all the antibiotics. Yeah. Um, and then I was given no insight as to how to properly change my diet and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I went back to pizza and beer and all the, you know, these things that university students do. For sure. And after about six months, I was completely just, it was terrible. I, my, my whole gut was off, bloaty, um, tired all the time. So like the sense of fatigue set in, um, brain fog set in, and couldn't digest food without being you know bloated, gassy, indigestion. Um, so figured out, okay, something's definitely wrong. And that's where you know, I saw my first holistic practitioner. It was a naturopath at the time. Right. And uh, she got me on the uh, aware of what was going on and aware of this need to rebalance the gut. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I began that process. Um, um, so that was, that was my focus for a long time. Um, and even in professional practice, you know, right. that was the focus was uh, working with gut issues, working with things like yeast and candida, uh, parasites and all that stuff, which still comes up, right? Still comes up from time to time. But what has been more recent and more present and sort of how, how the journey's evolved till now is that even though after rebalancing the gut and doing seemingly everything right from like a lifestyle and nutrition and supplementation kind of perspective, for sure, things were still not clicking. Like I didn't have the spark that I used to have. I didn't have the clarity. Um, I didn't have the resilience in my energy. Like mm -hmm. I, I had to be very careful with, you know, how late can I stay up or um, how much can I push myself, even in like the gym, for instance. And I love working out. Um, but part of, part of the process was realizing that the intensity of the workouts was actually digging me deeper into sure. this sort of energetic deficit. Yeah. Um, and so from there, it's been much more of a focus on uh, looking at, energetic resilience and how to fill my cup and how to um, stay nourished and stay uh, fed on levels that go beyond just the food um, and that tap more into some of the, you know, mental, emotional patterning that I had and that I had picked up, which I didn't realize, I guess you wouldn't, but I didn't realize how draining it was to be walking around with these, what do you want to call them? Limiting beliefs or, you know, uh, traumatic imprints, emotional imprints. Um, I didn't realize how draining that was and how that was perpetuating this pattern of being depleted, of being the person who is low energy. Um, right. So that's, you know, uh, the long and short of how I got here and how, um, you know, life has, in a real true sense, blessed me with these challenges. For sure. Because um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Um, and to have experienced what it's like to be in those kind of, you know, um, rock bottom moments for um, sure has been so helpful to then, you know, share and connect with other people and, and hopefully, you know, be a light that can draw more people out of whatever darkness they find themselves in, um, and just provide hope and insight and some guidance uh, and let people know that there are tools and there are things outside um, and your listeners, of course, are, you know, aware of this, but there's a lot outside of the, you know, um, mainstream paradigm yes. that can definitely uh, support us. And often is the only way, in my experience, that we actually get to the root of what's really going on. 
Agreed. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's a really powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. It totally baffles me how they missed that diagnosis initially. Like, how do you miss a ruptured appendix? It's crazy. Yeah, literally the triage nurse who I saw first when I was checking in, who was a much younger guy, um, and he saw me and he saw the state I was in and he saw that I was drinking a bottle of Powerade and he said, you're going to want to stop drinking that because it sounds like your appendix is off and they're probably going to do surgery. So he he had a hunch. Right. Um, but the doctor, for whatever reason, just totally missed it. Oh, that's um, crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it was all divinely orchestrated yes, absolutely. In, some, in some greater way, but... Uh, yeah, I was not meant to be supported at that first hospital. Yeah. Well, at least you went to the next hospital and you didn't go straight home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long it would have lasted. A septic shock would have kicked in oh, for sure. within a day or so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just lucky to have the wherewithal to call my mother and tell her what was going on. Um, and she, you know, came and picked me up. So but it was almost another day. Like it was almost a full day. From wow. like middle of the night being discharged, yes. saying they have the flu, to the next day at like 7 p.m. when I finally got into the other hospital and like uh, did all the things. That's a long time. So it was, uh, yeah, and luckily it was more bearable because I was so high on painkillers. For sure, and morphine but, um, and all of that. Yeah, but, and, and I think after the, you know, rupturing happened, um, it was just like, okay, it's, you know, the, the worst pain is gone. Now it's just getting worse infection wise. Yeah. But I was, uh, you know, I was able to think and move around and, you know, do stuff to a degree. Right. Right. But uh, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, I know we're talking about energy and fatigue and burnout, which is such a great topic. That's what we're going to be diving into today. And let's just, let's just kick it off with talking about the tricks that people think is helping them get their energy back. You know, we trick ourselves into this like sort of fake energy. And when we really know, I mean, it's just a quick fix and ultimately it's continuing to drain ourselves. And so what are some of the ways that people really trick themselves into thinking they're doing something good for their energy, but ultimately they're not? Yeah. The first one um, might be a bit counterintuitive, but it's this idea that after a long day, you can sit in front of the TV mm. uh, and watch something that is really quite stimulating mentally, uh, especially if it's any sort of you know drama program or thing like that. The idea that you can watch that for an hour or more before bed and go to sleep, and that somehow you've you know you've unwound, like that's your unwinding time, which couldn't be further from the truth, right? Because you're getting the bright artificial lighting from your screen, unless you're wearing blue blockers of some sort. Right. Um, and your mind is just being hit with all this intense emotion and For drama. Sure. And it's like, why? It's just like stress. So right? stimulating. Yep. And so, I mean, it's easy to trick ourselves that that might be, you know, helpful because it can feel good. Right. And even the emotions that we feel as we watch these programs can feel good, but they're draining. They're ultimately draining because they're sending a stress signal. Right. And not to mention that they're going to prevent you from getting the deep, regenerating, restorative sleep that you need to actually be able to bounce back. Um, so that's one. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one would be that's a good one, you know, more of the like biochemical stuff. And so people who think you can just continue to take stimulants and not pay a price for that. For sure. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, all stimulants or caffeine or teas and coffees are bad or not useful. They're certainly useful. I certainly enjoy them. Um, and they can be worked into a, a, a lifestyle and a program in a, in a really sustainable way. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have the nutrition to support those things, right? then you're just digging the hole deeper and deeper, right? And so it's it's, you know, trying to have what I've heard described as like a biological free lunch um, and just go for something quick, you know, that you feel the boost immediately, um, but not recognizing that by revving up all the systems in our body, revving up our dopamine, revving up our norepinephrine and adrenaline, that there's a price to pay and there's a rebound phase that we can try and put off and put off and put off, but eventually we have to address that. Um, and ideally we address that before life forces us to address that, right. right? Ideally, we don't all have to have the crisis um, and the breakdown and the 
just like totally being, you know, flattened. Yeah. Um, before we recognize, oh, this is actually a pattern that I can see is happening and I can see how I'm being drawn in this way. And how can I, you know, pause, take a deep breath, reassess what I'm doing and, you know, shift direction, right. And not have to go down that same pathway. Um, because, you know, stories like mine and like many people's, they're not necessarily unique. Um, they're right. quite common these days in this yep. age of, you know, modern, uh, modern chronic disease and stress epidemics. Um, and so, you know, if we can tap into the experience of others and learn from that, it's just so useful. So yeah, those would be a few of the ways that I see. And I, I was definitely guilty of these things for many years, right? Sure. So I'm not some person. Myself singer. included. Yep. Um, I'm definitely guilty of these things, um, but ultimately recognizing that it's not actually, you know, filling your cup. It's not actually relaxing. Um, and when you realize that, and when you get uh, more attuned to how your nervous system feels and functions, uh, that becomes self-evident, right? And so there's yeah. usually a bit of a path to get there, but um once you, once you know, you can't not know, essentially. Yes. Oh, totally. So for somebody that's listening right now and is like, oh, but I just, I come home from work and I unwind, I sit in front of the TV, I watch Netflix, I have my tea or I have my glass of wine, like it's just so not ready to let that go. What would you advise them to do? Like, what are some things they can start to change in their routine that can better support their energy and just the, the adrenals and just unwinding at night? Yeah, great question. Um, anything to interrupt that pattern is where I would start. And it doesn't have to be a major interruption. It can literally be that you get home and, you know, maybe you go inside, you put your, put your things away. You know, this would be a great step would be to leave your phone someplace for a few minutes mm -hmm. and go for a little, like a walk. Just take five minutes and go outside and walk around the block or walk around your neighborhood, spend time in your backyard, do something. It's totally. not stimulating. Do yes. something that's going to allow your mind to truly relax, right? And nothing does that better than being in nature. Um, but even just having the space from the technology and the space from, you know, say you've been working or you've been out and you're coming home and you have a family or a partner, uh, a little bit of space for yourself before engaging with that other person. Yes. Um, it, it makes such a difference. And you can sort of clean your own slate, you know, Go through whatever you need to go through. Maybe you had some intense experiences that day. Maybe you're still carrying like the lingering emotions of something. And you can just be with that. You don't have to necessarily fix it or do anything to it, but just being and breathing and moving your body is yes. going to allow it to flow and allow it to really, you know, work itself out in most cases. Um, so just that little period, that little break to create a space um, can, can make massive, massive changes over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree and I can totally relate. And I think I've shared this before on the podcast too. Like when I'm at home and working at the at the computer all day and it's just like go, 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 and calls and all this stuff. And then I see like Gaytan pull in from work. It's like I I actually hate when I'm on the computer and he pulls in from work. I would much rather try to have this like 30 minute span where like I've shut down the computer earlier. I take the dog out for the walk and I just like decompress from my day and I can just greet him and like his energy just that much better versus just like still being on the computer and like running out. It's just such a, it's such a different energy. Like I feel it in my body. Um, so that like little shift of like knowing, okay, when are you coming home so I can plan my day mm. because I really need to like turn it off, go outside, walk the dog. And like that just kind of like breaks up, breaks up that energy for me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, totally. And it's really, you know, if you think about like the yin and the yang and that style of, you know, uh, pushing and getting things done versus relaxing and receiving yes. and just seeing where you tend to be more dominant, which most people, particularly in North America, are like yang, 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 like pushing, Push, pushing, pushing, yeah. pushing. And so, you know, it's it's a deficiency and we're all in this overexpressed, you know, act, active yang state. Um which you know creates the burnout, creates the fatigue because we're not giving ourselves the other side of the coin. Right. So it's just you know having that awareness, and like you said, you will feel this in your body. Mm -hmm. The more awareness you bring to it, and the more you know you just practice and do little things, you you build that sense, you build that knowing, um, and then you can really just you know 
listen to yourself and, um, or listen to your body, which many times can sound really airy fairy. It's like, what do you mean? Listen to my body. <laughs> right. And it's like, start speaking to me in English. Probably not for most of us. Um, but it's always communicating something. Absolutely. It totally is. I quickly want to interrupt our episode today. And being that we're talking about energy production, I wanted to share two of my absolute favorite products to support energy. And that is spirulina and B vitamins. I absolutely love the spirulina from energybits.com. We're a big fan of them over here. And spirulina is particularly good for energy because it has no cell wall. It takes little time to digest and it makes it almost an instant source of vitamins, minerals, and even plant protein. It's also loaded with omegas, tons of antioxidants. It's great for digestion, mental health, inflammation, so many amazing benefits you can get by supplementing with spirulina. So if you head on over to energybits.com, be sure to use the coupon code healthyhormones at checkout and you can save 20% off site-wide on any of the products over at energybits. And my next product for energy production are B vitamins. I really love the Synergy B from Canprev. Not only do you get a complete B vitamin spectrum in this product, but it also contains 200 milligrams of L-theanine. And L-theanine is an amino acid that is found in green tea leaves that produces a physical and mental relaxation without any sedating impacts or effects. So B vitamins are so important for pretty much every neurological process in the body. They're amazing for energy production. Of course, your B12, we hear a lot about that for energy support. B5 is really important for stress. B6 is amazing for women's hormones and cycles. So I'm a really big fan of vitamin B complexes, and they're really great for mental and emotional stress. And if you've been stressed lately and you've got lots going on, that alone is going to impact your energy and loading up on some B vitamins are going to be really, really effective for that. So Canprev is my go-to, love their Synergy B. And if you're looking for some spirulina, head on over to energybits.com. Use the coupon code HEALTHYHORMONES for 20% savings. If you're looking to save on any CanPrev products, we don't have a direct coupon code for you to use because they do not have an online store that we can direct you to. But there are some places like well.ca, naturesource.com, even naturalnutrition.com have some really great discounts and they ship all over the world, which is wonderful. So head over to those websites and you can grab yourself some CanPrev. Now let's get back to the episode. So I'd love to talk about the hormone piece and can you break down the connection between energy and hormones and really explain why our hormones get unbalanced when we're operating in a state of fatigue? Yeah. Yeah. So um, similar to what we talked about earlier with the you know, TV and stimulation at night, throwing right. off melatonin, mm-hmm. that's probably a good place to start and just sort of seeing how... Um, at that point, so if you have you know reduced melatonin, so your sleep's not going to be as restorative, your body is not going to do as much uh, cleansing work, as much uh, sort of regenerating work, all the things it does while we sleep, which is you know getting rid of cancer cells and building up our muscles after a workout and all these things. Um, so that's not going to happen to the same degree. So in the morning, you're very unlikely to then have the healthy. Um, and little spike of things like serotonin and cortisol, right? The get up and go, the, oh, it's bread outside, I should be energized. You right. know, that signal that tells us, okay, it's time to get up, time to be active, time to get into the day. Um, and we should feel, you know, it doesn't have to be like the end of the world, stressed, flying out of bed, you know, putting out fires like immediately, but you want to have that get up and go. If you don't have that, uh, that's a sign, right? That's another thing that your body's communicating to you why not? You know, why are you not feeling that bit of, you know, time to do things in the morning? Um, And then because hormones and neurotransmitters, all these things work in balance, right? They all work in balance and they have rhythms. For those of us in the Northern hemisphere, we can observe how our circadian rhythm, right? The sleep cycle, the light and dark cycle really changes quite a lot throughout the year, um, which is totally natural and normal. And it's why I think, and I've experienced it when you're living up in the cold North, you want to sleep more in the wintertime, right? It's totally. you're naturally a bit lower energy. Yes. Summer, summer rolls around. You've got a lot more energy because it's warm and the day is long. And so those are just mm, some examples as to the 
the way our bodies are meant to function and the rhythm that we're meant to, you know, uh, sort of flow and dance between. Right. Uh, when we're not doing that, when we're either understimulating a certain aspect of that cycle, or we are preventing, you know, like the melatonin from actually taking place, then we start to break that rhythm and things get a bit out of control or, or unregulated. Um, and if you compound that with poor nutrition or malnutrition and certain deficiencies and certain key things like minerals, enzymes, vitamins, all these things that are the building blocks of the very things that give us the energy, uh, it's easy to see why we have this, these, these deficits, right? Because we're, we're breaking the cycle that nature or that we've been well adapted to in terms of natural cycles right. um, and how to rest and shut down. So we've sort of, you know, uh, taken ourselves out of that with technology and artificial light and different sources of other you know, stimulation that can go on to no end these days. Totally. Um, and then you combine that with, in most cases, you know, certain nutrients that are missing. Uh, or even hydration that's missing. And none of our cells will then be able to really operate at the, the at their peak. They're not going to be able to do what they're designed to do. Um, so everything's kind of just dragged down. And then that becomes your everyday normal, yep. right? That becomes just, oh, this is just how it is. And one of the craziest things, I think a lot of us, when we first get into health, when we first start making you know dietary changes, lifestyle changes, we start feeling quite a lot better in many cases. And we realize, holy crap, I had no idea that my normal was like zombie. Yeah, totally. Right? That I was barely getting by and just thought that's what life was. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it speaks to the resilience of humans and the, our ability to normalize suffering, which can be a great gift if you're going through something really hard. And if we're not careful, that that, that period of stress and hardness will persist and just become our everyday and to the point where we actually forget that it's not supposed to be so hard and we're not supposed to you know barely get through the day and that at our core, we have this resilience and this energetic vitality that we can cultivate and express and tap into. Um, and when we're doing that, we're able to bounce back, right? It's not the end of the world when something sure. doesn't go right or right. stress gets a little bit high. It's just a natural part of, you know, being human. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautifully explained. Thank you so much for that. And then the long-term health effects of not addressing this, what does that look like? Yeah. It's very, it's multifaceted. Um, and I'll just highlight a few pieces. One is, um, and one which has been on people's minds a lot this last year due to you know, the nature of global events and so forth. Right. Uh, but that's immunity. And so our immune systems definitely get sort of uh, down-regulated, right? They, they, can't, um, they can't mount the same response when the whole system is lacking in energy. And so we just become more prone to catching things, to becoming you know, sick, to having colds, flus, whatever it might be, um, or having cancers develop, you know, that's a potential as well. For sure. Um, but so the immune system just kind of takes a hit, takes a little bit of a backseat. It's not ready to really step up when we need it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's obviously more of a long-term risk and something that we don't want to have, you know, colds and flus every year. Of course. Be, you know, dragged through, you know, half of the year blowing our noses and feeling stuffed up and congested. That's definitely no way to live. Um, but the other side, which lights me up more and, and gets me more excited is, you know, having these deficits, having this ongoing kind of fatigue and burnout pattern going on, it really holds us back from doing what we're, what we're here to do and from being who we're here to be. Because it is my belief and my knowing and, and experience that we all have something that we're here to do, offer, share, cultivate, create, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. there's something. And when we don't have the energy to do that, to get through the day, to be creative, it takes energy to create. It takes a lot of energy to create. For sure. I know you understand this as someone who's quite prolific in their creation and offerings, right? Right. It takes a lot of energy. Um, and so if you don't have that, it's going to be a massive struggle to try and birth, you know, whatever the idea, the business, the project, 
whatever it might be. Totally. You know, even to do a special event for your significant other, right? Mm -hmm. That might feel overwhelming. Like you can't even plan something that's going to be a really beautiful experience. But because you're so depleted, Mm -hmm. everything feels like, you know, an insurmountable task or or a mountain to climb. Um, And so over the course of our lives, it tends to lead and what I've both lived and seen is that it tends to lead just to settling into things that aren't really fulfilling, aren't really, you know, filling us up, but they're comfortable enough that they can keep us going. Um, They're comfortable enough that we're not going to, you know, become destitute or homeless or completely uh, ruined, but it's, it's a, it's a seductive comfort that will, if we're not careful, really rob us of the fullness of life and the experience of being alive and being able to create, give, share, contribute, right? All the things which are pretty universally agreed upon are like the most fulfilling, the most important parts of being human. Um, Those things will be sacrificed uh, for a life of, uh, you know, just getting by and, you know, sort of staying within this comfortable, normal zone, which I don't know what normal is and I don't want to be there myself. (laughs) Right. Um, But uh, yeah, it really, you know, it really robs us of being who we're here to be. That's, that's, you know, that's what to me was one of the most painful things that I realized uh, having gone through periods of depressions and really feeling, you know, um, like I didn't have much in the tank um, For sure. and then seeing just how little I was able to contribute and just how much I wanted to contribute and how energized I became when I was able to contribute. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So it, it really goes through all aspects of our lives, but those are some of the key areas I think that, you know, deserve, deserve highlighting and deserve really looking at um, because it's, you know, it makes a difference and you're never going to look back and regret having invested in yourself to be able to do these things. Um, but Agreed. to live this, you know, to live a comfortable life and to live within the normal uh, or the mediocre or just enough I can't imagine that's going to be a great feeling, you know, looking back at however many years you're, you're, you're graced with on this planet, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can't imagine that's going to feel that great. So right. yeah, to prevent that from happening is, is such a joy, such a gift. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, that was really great. So of course we know it's so important to work on getting to the root, right? The food and the supplements and all of that they are pieces of the puzzle. They make up this really big puzzle, right? However, I know that there are a lot of people thinking, well, what can I take? Or, you know, so in terms of just supplements and just some of your favorite energy cultivating practices and inexpensive things that we can incorporate, like what are some tips and some things that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, totally. And I'm definitely right there. And, you know, I'm a foodie. I describe myself more as a recovering biohacker now at this point because <laughs> I don't fully align with that philosophy anymore. Right. But I still love supplements. I still love taking things. Yes. I still love feeling the effects of chemistry in my body. Um, so for me, one of the most important or valuable things over the years uh, has been ashwagandha. Um, and it's probably not going to work for everybody, but it seems to work well for a lot of people. Um, I like the KSM 66 variety. Which when is I have... Really- yeah, which is the you know the most studied and purified and potent, um, but I would take you know anywhere from two to five grams of that uh, before bed was how I would do it, um, sort of Ayurvedic style. They like to combine it with like warm milk and honey before bed as this rebuilding tonic. Right, and uh, it certainly works. It certainly works for putting a bit more pep in your step, keeping cortisol low, uh, and keeping you feeling energized. So that'd be one of the herbal uh, approaches that people could take. Uh, medicinal mushrooms are also a very, you know, near and Faith. dear to my heart. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, so cordyceps in this case would be a fantastic one to look at and to try. Um, because unlike stimulants that we talked about earlier, cordyceps and the class of mushroom or herb that ashwagandha falls into as well, right? The adaptogens, mm-hmm. these things actually upregulate our cellular ability to respond to stress and to actually have more energy. And cordyceps right. Um, helps us process oxygen better uh, and actually improves ATP production. So there's a true energetic support going on to where there's no crash. 
no jitters, no nothing like that. But it can make a world of difference if you're in this sort of fatigue state or if you like to train a lot or like hike a lot, it can just give you that like that staying power to where like, oh, I'm not tired. You know, this is great. So that'd be another one. Um, There's so many. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to pick one more that's maybe uh, more of a supplement instead of a a natural thing. I mean, something very simple, like a B-complex. Oh, totally. Right. Like if, if, if people aren't taking something like that, like a good activated B complex, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's for me is totally essential. Um, and again, it's going to address the, the true biochemical reality of fatigue and of, you know, nourishing the adrenals and giving the glands and metabolism what they need. Um, so yeah, those would be a few things people can take if they're not already taking, um, but definitely to revisit and to make sure that you're covering those bases. For sure. And then outside of supplements in terms of just things that don't cost anything, Mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite go-tos? Yeah. One, which is very hard to do where I live right now would be grounding or earthing. Mm, Because of snow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. There's about two feet of snow and ice uh, between me and the earth at this point. Um, But you know, there's other ways you can get around that. People often use the grounding mats and pads and things you can plug right. in, which has a similar effect. Just getting that, uh, you know, electromagnetic rebalancing. That's great. Um, Qigong, I really love. Mm. I find that to be one of the most approachable and simple and effective ways to do what we call working in, right? Many people are obsessed with working out. I was right. one of them for years. Yeah. Um, but again, it's getting back to that balance, right? How much energy are we expending and how much are we actually bringing in and storing in our own bodies? Um, and there's so many great short, like five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, follow along videos on YouTube people can find. For sure. That really uh, are amazing at sort of the shifting states, getting into a bit of a more grounded state, getting into a posture that's more supportive. Because posture, you know, without going on too much of a tangent, holding yourself in a certain way can either be very empowering and sort of strengthening and aligning, or it can be very draining. Yeah. Um, and so that would be another one. If you could do it outside in nature, even better, right? If you can be totally. with the trees and the fresh air, even better. Um, and then one more. I like to do... Um, well, there's, it's, it's kind of a combination of things. So legs up the wall, the yoga pose. Love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Great way to unwind, especially if you're on your feet a lot, right? Yeah. Um, I, I heard that a good rule is one minute of legs up the wall for every hour you've been on your feet. Oh. Yeah. So if you work yeah. like an eight hour standing shift sort of job, right? Um, then eight minutes, minutes would be yeah. sort of your prescription. Makes sense. Um and it just makes, you know, you get circulation benefits, you get relaxation benefits. Totally. It just really allow the day to fall off you and, mm-hmm. and unwind. For sure. Uh, Even if you've been sitting all day too, right? Like you're oh, constricting yeah. that flow. So for sure. Yeah. But so there's a way to really enhance that and make it more active. Um, and this is called ELDOA, E-L-D-O-A. Uh, and it's a practice made by a physiotherapist who uh, basically studied all of the joints of the body and the fascial lines and created these movements, which are essentially full engagement static stretches that you hold for a minute or more. They're quite intense sometimes. So a minute is pushing it, Um, but do whatever you can start where you can. And there's, there's tutorials as well on YouTube of these for free tutorials. Um, And there's one that looks, the setup is like legs up the wall, except from there, then you're then rotating you know, your legs in a certain way and really kicking your heels up and reaching your arms away. So you're stretching your spine. Hmm. And I mean, I go and do that for a couple of minutes and it's just profound, not only for energy, um, but also the dreaded, you know, chronic low back pain that many of us experience. For sure. Um, It really just creates that little bit of space through the vertebrae uh, and can be a lifesaver. Like I've known of people who were scheduled for surgery who started doing this and then they're out of pain. Um, Amazing. So that's another simple one that's, you know, uh, free, relatively easy once you get the hang of it. Yeah. Um, I love that. You can really move the needle. That's awesome. You said that and my body was instantly gave me a resounding, yes, like go do that. <laughs> yes. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to do that after this. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I know you work with both men and women. What are some of the biggest differences you notice between the two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
The first one is that men, and I, of course I'm putting myself in this boat, yeah. right? We tend to be more stubborn, wanting to do things ourselves, uh, not really wanting to ask for help as a first option mm-hmm. if a problem comes up, you know, um, which can be useful and it could teach you, you know, resilience and grit and, you know, problem solving. For sure. And a lot of times it just goes way too far and it <laughs> right. stays around for way too long. And the ego is so full of pride and so worried to be, uh, you know, embarrassed or whatever the, whatever the belief might be there about if, if I ask for help, I must be weak or I must be less of a man, right? Which is a real thing. It's a very real thing. For sure. Um, so that's a big piece in that uh, it can prevent men from from seeking help before it's really like kind of like a crisis point. Right. Um, so that's something that I've noticed uh, and experienced. And um, the other piece is that, and again, it depends. It depends. And there's the whole spectrum, you know, of, of uh, energies between the sexes. Um, but in general, oftentimes men, you know, you give them, quote unquote, like the mission or like the, the battle plan. It's like, this yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. Many times they're good to then go execute that, make it happen. Whereas women can tend to be just need a bit more support, a bit more encouragement, right? A bit more reassurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's not necessarily a, a gender determined thing, but that tends to be, be yeah. some of the uh, some of the patterns. Then men also just tend to tolerate. And I, I'm not a fan of extreme diets. I used to, you know, be a fan of more like extreme, quote unquote, extreme things like the whole keto craze and low carb, this and that, and mm-hmm. fasting, this and that. And men tend to fast better than women. For sure. Because of the hormonal picture. Yes. Yep. Um, I'm not really a fan of much extended fasting at all for either sex, especially if people are depleted. Oh, for sure. Um, right. We talk about that a um, lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a piece. What else? Those I think there's all good ones. Yeah. I think else really jumps up. I mean, men just like to I think also a part about, you know, being a man is knowing that you have what it takes. That's like a big psychological piece for men. Mm. Um, and knowing that you can, you know, if like, you know, shit goes down that you can handle yourself. Right. Uh, and so uh, being able to cultivate those things in a, you know, more controlled, intentional manner. I mean, this is what like martial arts is all about. For sure. And that's why I love those practices and those mm-hmm. um, ways of being, right? Of sort of training that warrior-ness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we could talk all about archetypal psychology. and Oh, and for that. sure. And it's fascinating. You um, need to speak with Gaytan. Like the whole time I'm okay. speaking to you right now, I'm just like, you need to speak with Gaytan. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so there's definitely some differences. And, you know, biologically, we are certainly different. And so, you know, we just need to keep that in mind and, and really, you know, respect our biology. That's one of the messages I like to share is that we are different and we have different needs and predispositions and yes. uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, totally. No, I love that. That's amazing. Well, before I let you go, I know you have this amazing burnout recovery program. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So that really um, is for professional men that are feeling burnt out that or have felt burnt out for a while. And just don't have, you know, that get up and go, don't have that ability to do the things that they know they need to do, right? And addressing that, the way we address that, I work with my partner on this, um, and her expertise is much more the mind and emotions and beliefs part of things. Awesome. Um, And so while I can support, you know, the, and do support the, biochemistry and the lifestyle and the food and all those great essential mm-hmm. components. If we don't look at the patterns and the beliefs and the thoughts, For uh, sure. and the, 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 the self-created limitations, then we can only get so far. Um, and so it's really bringing all that together to, to combine, you know, the best of both physical biochemical things, and the things that are a bit harder to sometimes, you know, conceptualize and talk about and and get our hands on, right? It's very hard by ourselves to identify and eliminate limiting beliefs, right? Oftentimes we need someone to mirror and to to ask the right questions. For sure. Um, so that's really what it is. That's really what it is. And it's it's so exciting to be able to offer such a complete sort of solution mm-hmm. um, after many years of offering more of, you know, my training and my nutrition background. Um, But it feels just that much more synergistic and complementary. 
and the 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 feedback that we get uh, affirms that. Um, and the lightness that you can have when you start to unwind your mind um, as a starting point, right? It just makes everything else so much easier. Totally. Um, and it, it increases the sort of the stick to it, right? And the follow through um, when you can have those, those early wins and start feeling better fast. Um, it really just goes a long way. So that's really powerful. And I know earlier when we were talking, I, you mentioned that women do join the program too, although you typically focus with, with men, which is important because this is an area, like there's so much support out there, I feel for women and health and hormones and all of that. And especially with men, there is support out there, but that mind body, that like mental, emotional, spiritual piece combined with the nutrition piece. I mean, that's, that's really powerful. So I'm so excited you guys have created this and where can our listeners go to learn more about it? Yeah. So the URL where you can learn more, see what we're up to uh, and get a nice free gift that we've got waiting for you there is burnoutrecoverynow.com. Just how it sounds. Perfect. So we will be sure to put that in the show notes. And outside of that, where else can our audience connect with you and find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Brian Hardy seven. That's Brian with a Y Hardy, like Hardy boys, seven, the number seven, you'll find me there. I'm on Facebook as well. Not as much as, uh, as Instagram. And those are probably the best places. I and mean, you'll find links to other things from there. Perfect. Um, but uh, those would be the main spots to really uh, plug in and, and get connected. And if people aren't on any social media, first of all, I applaud you. Um, <laughs> and then you can find me at my personal website, which is brianhardy.ca. But all these things are easily accessible and easy to find if you go searching. Amazing. Awesome. Well, it was such a pleasure chatting with you. And thanks for being here with me today. Likewise. Thank you, Sam. And thanks. for listening, take care. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our episode today. If you want to connect with Brian, head on over to Instagram, where he is always posting some great content and information. You can find him at brianhardy7. You can also find him on his website, brianhardy.ca. And if you want to find out more details about any of his programs or book a clarity call with him, I've got all the links to connect with him in our show notes over on our website. That link is holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 146. 147. And if you haven't left us a rating and a review, we would so love it and appreciate it. It helps our show to get noticed. And that means that more women can connect with us and tune in and get this information and support their health, their hormones, and ultimately have that trickle effect where they can share it with the women in their lives, their friends, their sisters, their mothers, and we can help to heal more women globally. So please leave us a rating and review. It always means so, so much. Thanks for being with us today. I'll chat with you all next week. Take care.